welcome to more to come. PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing. <laughs> Recorded here, yeah. there, <laughs> all around this great metropolis of New York City. Um, I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor, Publishers Weekly, Editor of PW, PW Comics World, and Editor of the Fanatic PW's Twice a Month Comics and Pop Culture Newsletter. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. And I'm Heidi McDonald. I'm the editor-in-chief of The Beat at ComicsBeat.com. And you can find us on Twitter at at PWComicsWorld. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer. And you can find us online on Tumblr at PWComicsWorld.tumblr.com. Hey, don't forget, you can subscribe to more to come on the Apple Podcast app, Google Podcasts, and on Stitcher. And on Facebook, we're at Facebook.com slash PWComicsWorld. And don't forget, you can leave us a comment or give us a rating or give us a thumbs up um, on any of those platforms uh, or even tweet at us, send us an email. Just let us know how we're doing. We love to hear from our listeners. Talk to us. Why don't you? All right. OK, this week on more to come, more information on the Penguin Random House Diamond Distribution um, Transformation. How's that? Uh Manga's lit, and let me tell you, so is everything else. Uh, sales are exploding. Uh, and new digital developments. So uh, there's more news uh, from Penguin Random House uh, in the direct market. And I think a little bit of news also on Diamond. Well, what's going on with Diamond? Uh, uh, well, yes. But, uh, well, I guess the big news, Calvin, was that, uh, like, Random House put out a video. Yes. And a very interesting video it uh, it is. Uh, I mean, I really do think the the direct market is about to see uh, a level of service that I'm not sure they're they've been used to. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know, this video was made by Marvel and PRH in tandem. Uh, you know, we saw Dan Buckley, the president yep. of Marvel, mm-hmm. David Gabriel, their EVP of sales, um, but also. Uh, Jeff Abraham, um, mm-hmm. from the who's uh, the president of PRHP Publisher yep. Services, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we were introduced to Tyne Hunter, who yes. is kind of running the comic sales uh, division there at uh, at at Penguin Random House. Yes. And yeah, uh, so, you know, go on. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go on. No, well, we, go ahead. No, I'm just saying, give her a title. It's Associate Director of Comic Sales. Uh, yes. At, at Penguin Random House Publisher Services. Very interesting. She talked about her background. Uh, I, I believe me. I personally, if I was a retailer, uh, this woman, I wanted to sign up for an account. Uh, she, yes. She radiates competence. Uh, uh, she's warm. Uh, she gave a little speech at the end that I thought um, uh, I don't see how anybody could resist it. Uh, 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 heartfelt and sincere about her her uh, work with the direct market. Uh, she's worked for. Penguin Random House, I think she said seven years, and she'd been working on on uh, processing direct market orders the last five. And um, it, it, I think they took turns. Uh, um, uh, Buckley talked a little bit about why they were doing it, and so did Jeff Abraham. David Gabriel, I thought, gave an interesting uh, kind of um, outline of all the things th- that won't change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, that all of the stuff that it is in a sort of a reassuring uh, moment, all of the stuff that they're used to getting and used to having in the uh, direct market, they're still going to come. 
And then uh, Tyne Hunter, she, I, she sort of outlined uh, the, the, the new de- dedicated team that was going to be available to them for comics, for, for, for customer service and for sales and marketing. Uh, and, uh, just, just, uh, uh, outreach. So, uh, yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Heidi, but, uh, no, 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 no. Yeah. I think you did, you did a great job summing it up. I mean, I think what was interesting about it to me really was, um, you know, the kind of the subtext of it was just, uh, you know, it's very professional. <laughs> like yes. the sound was great. Like it was, you know, they had titles. I mean, this video was just as professionally made as could possibly be. And, uh, you know, I, as I joked when I did my write up about it for the beat, I mean, I don't think you could have, you know, shock and awe in a video about distribution, but, uh, you know, I think it really set the message, like you said, that, yeah, Pregnant Random House offers a very high level of service. Yes. And they yeah. were, and also the message was we're ready for anything. You know, I mm-hmm. think, you know, Tyne Hunter, she gave this very, like you said, moving speech, but at the end she says, all right, one thing that I keep hearing about is damages. Yes. And, you know, as I say, when every time I would go to a diamond summit, they, that's all anybody talked about. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, we built a new, you know, $200 million warehouse. Uh, oh, but I got a crunked in corner. I understand mm. damages are important. So evidently, uh, PRH is already getting the damages talk. And so she said, well, you know, we're going to pack everything, you know, books in one box, comics in another box. Yep. Try all this. And then she said, that said, there will be damages. Yeah. And then she said, when there are, contact us and we'll make it right. I mean, she, every, the end of every sentence seemed to be, talk to us, reach out to mm-hmm. us. And I, and I love the way she ended up. We are committed to the direct market. Yes. Uh, and uh, I think, uh, but I think yeah. Jeff Abraham really sent mm-hmm. that message, you know, saying we noticed that the indie books market is growing fast and we see the direct sales market is another growing market. I mean, you know, it's, it's not like, oh, yeah, you know, I, you know, you could do the message just with, hey, we're working with Marvel and Disney on the world's most beloved characters. And, you know, we really wanted them to be part of the PRH family. You know, you could easily just go with that message, but they're not. They're going with a message that, you know, we see this as a place where everyone can make money. And I, and I, and I think one thing we needed to say here that, Physical retail uh, is in a precarious place right now. Uh, it's, yes. besieged, it's under siege both from, from Amazon uh, and from this fucking pandemic. Excuse my um, mm. pandemic hey. ease. Uh, uh, the book publishing industry broadly is terrified of losing retailers. Uh, PRH and, and Jeff also, uh, you know, when I've talked to him, uh, talked about the need of working closely with independent uh, booksellers, uh, everything they do is focused on what can we do to help retailing and what can we do to make physical retailing more, easier to do, profitable, that serve the customers and serve the retailers. Uh, they see the direct market as this uh, under-resourced, under-supported network that has huge potential for growth. Um uh, and 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 they feel the only thing that will that they need is the kind of support that PRH can uh, can deliver them uh, to help their margins to get the books that they want. And 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 while they're they're all in on distributing periodicals, uh, you can believe that they see this as a way to sell more books. 
yes, as well. Absolutely, they want to get more PRH books in to comic shops. Yeah, um, yeah, and 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 by and their distributor, their distributees as well, which yes, are yes, quite yes. a few, and they're obviously and very big publishers too. We've we've given the roll call of who Random House distributes and mm-hmm. um, their mainstays of the business. So yes, but. Uh, just as with, you know, vaccines, not everybody is ready to accept this, apparently. So, um, you know, so I just I, I just was sent a email that went out uh, today. Today is Thursday, as we're talking, I guess, uh, from Random House. So, you know, part of the purpose of this video was to remind retailers that they hadn't tell the original deadline was May 5th to sign up for their their PRH account. Uh, now, they've just been given a two week extension on that. OK. Um, and, uh, so they're extending the deadline to Friday, May 21st. Now I, and now David Gabriel enticed retailers to sign up by offering them a variant cover. So, um, (laughs) you know, so, so everybody's using the tools that they have to, to, you know, lure the retailers into signing an account. Um, so, uh, but, but, you know, now this, but this tells us that a lot of accounts haven't signed up. Uh, yet a lot of comic shops haven't signed up. And, you know, if you don't signed up with Penguin Random House by, uh, you know, a date, you're not going to get your Marvel comics in October. Um, because, uh, so the other shoe that is not even dropping that, you know, maybe they only have one shoe. We don't know is what is Diamond doing? Now I've heard from several retailers that they have yet to uh, announce their terms because hmm. everybody said if you want to stay with Diamond, you can. Yeah. Uh, you know, they will be a sub, uh, sub retailer. Uh, yeah. you know, they'll be a wholesaler. They'll, a wholesaler. they'll basically be a wholesaler for, right. for Marvel, Marvel books and periodicals. Right, right. So let's see if I can find this. Uh, yeah. So they're going to get their stock. Diamond will get its stock from PRH. Right, right. Um, hold on. Let me see if I can. And they're going to have a, and um, they're going to, and uh, I, I'm pretty sure that they're going to be – they're going to give um, a Diamond, a, a, you know, a wholesaler's terms. So Well, we don't – but here's, the, but here's yeah. the thing, Kelvin. It's like Diamond has not announced to its vendors how they can continue to get Marvel Comics. In fact, they sent out a letter on um, like the – a couple of weeks ago, two weeks ago. They said we wanted to provide a brief update about where we are in the process of presenting new terms for Marvel products. Mm. Some retailers have asked for clarification that they continue to order Marvel product for delivery for their product from our many other publisher partners. This is absolutely the case, and we are pleased that we will continue to serve you in this capacity. Mm. We appreciate your patience as we carefully and deliberately review how we approach not just Marvel's offerings, but our entire array of product listings. We are exploring and considering numerous changes that allow us to best continue to serving your needs and the needs of the market as a whole. This is an opportunity to make discounts easier to understand and reward retailers who increase orders oh. and broaden the selection of product available to stores. Freight is a big part of these considerations, but far from the only one. All this analysis takes time, and we are working as quickly as possible to deliver new information to you. Our goal is to have new pricing schedules out within the next month. And we appreciate your patience as we work through these changes. We'll provide more information if it becomes available. So here's, yeah, that is interesting. Smells like competition. Smells a little like competition, but, you know, here's your deadline to sign up for PRH, and here's Diamond saying, Mm -hmm. you know, we need more time. We need some time. We're trying to figure this out. So people are either, one of two things is happening. Either Diamond is stalling, 
or they really don't know. Well, yeah, or I, I think I think it may be the and I, I'm speculating here. Uh, I think it may be don't know, but I, I want a broader definition of don't know is that I think uh, I thought some of the key things you just read are looking across their whole product lines and figuring. Yeah, but it's all very vague. It's nothing. It's very vague they because they very don't vague know. And nothing concrete <laughs> has. Yes. Okay. I mean, it's just it's just it's just talk. You know. But think about like, this. Random House is, is really introducing a lot of new concepts here uh, and um, uh, stuff that people have been complaining about and hasn't gone away. Uh, you know, uh, the cost of freight, which is, is mm. constant, constant complaints about it. Um, uh, that's something that they need to take into account. Uh, in terms, you know, does, doesn't Diamond have this this scale at this uh um of a, a variety of terms um that are that retailers often find com- confused or publishers often find confusing well uh, i think everybody's so used to it now they're just you yeah know. yeah and i think i think random house P, i think prh is offering a, a very simplified and easier to understand situation um and i think diamond is having to revamp and rethink I mean, really, their whole business operation. Yes. They're and I don't think that's very now. easy. I don't think that's very easy for them. I don't think it is either. Plus, Penguin Random House is going to introduce state-of-the-art technology at every at every point in this. Yeah. Uh, uh, and and and, and just is to go back to you know uh, my beginning remarks about David Gabriel on you know. When traditional Wednesday on sale date, it's not going anywhere. Weekly final uh, cutoff, order order cutoff. The monthly Marvel previews coming, a variant covers, no problem. Uh, time, right. you know, uh, we'll deal with damaged stuff. And then of course, um, Hunter's speech. Uh, I, I, I to quote a little bit of it. I wound up with working with you guys and learning from you and falling in love with this channel and this market. You the are the most passionate retailers the out there. Market. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, there's a new sheriff in town. You, you know, comic book distribution is our blood. It's our life. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> we're just sad. So well, sad, it sounds but, like uh, it at this point, I, I tell you. I, I really just think that, you know, we've seen a, a marketplace that has been operating in a certain kind of way with certain kind of vendors uh, for as long as we've known. And yes. uh, and 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 that is all uh, um, over with. Now uh, you know uh, a, a site that runs a lot of rumors actually had some news that uh, I, I've kind of been floating around. I, I you know, but um, apparently, uh, Penguin Random House, you know, they're opening a new warehouse in Maryland, very close yeah. to Diamond headquarters, and apparently they're hiring a lot of ex-Diamond employees to work at the warehouse. Well, they announced another employee just today. Yes, that's right. <laughs> this is the other thing. I think we're going to see like, like you know, weekly announcements. Um, Hector Torres, uh, yes. pre- previously yes. sales manager for the Caribbean and Latin America, has been promoted to senior sales manager for the direct market and the Caribbean uh, at Penguin Random House. And uh, – you know, so I, I I would not be surprised to see. Now he's 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 already been. You know, this is a promotion actually. So I should correct that. It wasn't a new hire. It was a promotion. But he is he has direct 
uh, oversight over uh, uh, the international comic store marketplace in all territories outside of the U.S., U.K., and Canada. Right, right. Well, you know, they hired Matthew Klein, who was at Valiant, to go work at Penguin Random House. Oh, very interesting. I didn't know about that. Okay. Yes, yes. So, yeah, there's a fa- lot lot going on here. Uh, there's just a lot going on. And uh, it's, uh, you know, I, I just I do think PRH has, has the, the ability to transform. Um, yes, he was hired. He was hired as the sales manager of specialty retail at Penguin mm. Random House. And he just started last month. So yeah, very interesting. Very <laughs> yes, interesting. Yes. Um, so look, obviously there's going to be more to come on this, uh, you know, um, well, I think, look, I mean, yeah, I think we're all agreed on that PRH is going huge on comics and hiring very experienced people uh, to do it. Uh, I think the question right now is what the heck is going on at Diamond? And I haven't heard very much. All I've heard is, is speculation, you know, so Mm. And I will say this. Everything I've heard from the PRH side is it's very solicitous to Diamond. Uh, yes. Oh, I, yeah. I, well, you know, yeah, off the record, I've been told, look, we're, we're not – this is not some kind of power play. Constantly um, uh, reiterating, uh, retailers can continue to order from Diamond. Um, you know, at the same time, they're trying – they're telling retailers that, hey, we're going to do – this in a way that you will understand and uh, be a part of your culture. And we're going to add all this other stuff on the other side Mm -hmm. that we think will really make your life easier. Right. Calvin, Calvin, if you just said it on the podcast, how is it off the record? (laughs) Well, I didn't. uh, Well, who who said it is off the record? uh, Ah. What they said. (laughs) Okay. So anyway, so, um, believe me, there's going to be more to come on this topic. Yes, uh, there's, but I, I, right now I'm pretty interested in this game of chicken that Diamond seems to be playing with its, with its accounts. So, and you know, so apparently a lot of them have not signed up yet. So, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot going on out there. That's all I'll say. So, yeah. So, well, yeah. That was, well, I do think that's an interesting point because, you know, I'm all excited, but are the retailers excited? Yes. And so interestingly, I, you know, I have, they, they do seem to be very excited. You know, Brian Hibbs, who's quite the bellwether, is, mm-hmm. you know, been very positive about this. Although, you know, he's also kind of given all this, you know, oh, this will destroy things. And as I think we'll talk about in our next segment, um, I, I, I mean, you know, I, I, I mean, he keeps bringing up, you know, the 90s crash. And I'm like, well, the 90s crash, there wasn't webcomics and there wasn't graphic novels. So, yeah, you know, it's not going to be publishing Kickstarter. It's not going to be the same, you know, yeah. but I mean, this could, you know, there could be some consolidation after all was said and done after the smoke clears. Uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. What, on the distribution side? Or yes. <laughs> yeah. But meanwhile, uh, book sales are up, right? Calvin? Yeah. Book sales. Book sales are up across the uh, across the board. Everybody. Uh, everybody has been talking about this for months. Is that um, publishers, uh, you know, are are really doing well now? Obviously, retailers have a, a lot of issues that maybe the publishers don't have to face. Um, but. Um, uh, we're working. Uh, I've just finished editing uh, our annual manga feature by the fabulous Deb Aoki. Uh, 
Uh, it'll be out on Monday, and uh, it's called Manga is Lit, and it's called and and that's for a reason. Uh, manga sales. Uh, I mean, you can you can kind of point. For, manga sales were have been on the rebound for years anyway. Uh, in many ways, the pandemic has just kickstarted another uh, another uh, round of growth that are making many people uh, look back to the first manga boom in the early mid 2000s. Uh, wow! 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 At, at, at one point, somewhere uh, 2006 uh, or so, 2007, before the recession hit. You know, almost two thirds of all graphic novels sold in North America were manga. Right. And uh, I think the first quarter uh, of 2021, according to MPD Book Book Scan, uh, first quarter uh, sales of print manga titles in the U.S. increased by over 3.5 million units over the same period in 2020. Nice. Nice. Um, mm. uh, uh, Deb's piece basically uh, is uh, it, it 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 looks at the effect, what it calls the anime effect, uh, and um, and binge reading by yeah. fans. Yeah, I, you are, know, I this yeah, this report by uh, by BookScan. Uh, I don't have access to it, but they did put out. Uh, some, you know, some PR about it. Uh, so adult fiction books, the first quarter were, grew 35% compared to the first quarter last year. Well, you know, a lot was going on, but still 35%. Uh, but manga, uh, is, is increased by 3.6 million units. Yes, uh, that's right. The first volume of Chainsaw Man was the biggest seller in the category. Well, it's just, I mean, I think Kurt, I think Kurt, Kurt Hasler says, they're looking at like a hundred percent growth. I mean, I mean, it's like it's 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 like ridiculous growth. Well, this you know it is, and you know the streaming effect is real. I mean, you know, we yeah. talked last time about you know my article where I kind of covered yeah. how it even affects American comics. You know, like um, and you have a captive audience watching captive TV, and then they go to Amazon and they order their captive books, you know. So, um, and now I have heard a couple of retailers concerned that as as we open up again, as life comes back, you know, there's going to be more competition for mm-hmm. watching TV and um, yeah. reading books. I mean, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if sales go down a little bit, but I think people who were looking for something to entertain them and got hooked on a series will probably stay hooked on that series. And that's one thing that both manga and comics do well is rope you into a creator or a series or a a universe and keep you coming back. Yeah. And believe me, I mean, in, in this piece, she talks to people like Kevin Hamrick uh, from Viz, uh, Mark DeVera from Yen Press, uh, uh, oh, um, I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting the name of the woman from Seven Seas, Centaur. Um, I'll, I'll come Le- back to her. Leanne Centaur. Leanne, yes, yeah. Um, uh, Ye uh, Sahashi, uh, the VP of Marketing Sales at Kadansha. Um, uh, in fact, I can give you a little quote. Um, in recent weeks, 
point-of-sale cat the, uh, in the MAGA category has quadrupled year over year, even if you d- discount the, the impact of, of COVID on sales. Wow. Um, wow. Everyone is kind of agog at their own good fortune. <laughs> and they, while they don't expect, they do expect this kind of growth to taper off. They don't see it as um, uh, a, you know, as just uh, a one-time event. They don't think that it's a, a, a quote-unquote uh, bubble. Mm-hmm. Uh, they uh, uh, a number of people commented that they don't think that people are overproducing for the marketplace, which is certainly some of the you know some of the discussion around the earlier manga boom of the 2000s that there was kind of overproduction. Right. Uh, they they really think that uh, the paradigm and all of the institutions are in place in ways. Uh, uh, including on the digital side, because that's seen a big explosion too with, with, uh, you know, people like, you know, um, Mangano and all of the other, uh, platforms out there for, uh, for, for content, webtoons and the like, that this demand is just indicative of, uh, it, it's a real world measurement of what, uh, of what the demand for the, the product is. Well, I, you know, we have a couple of other items under here, and I think they, you know, they really showcase that. I, you know, honestly, last year all the time when we were talking during, you know, as the pandemic hit and, you know, we were lamenting the fact that comics had their biggest year ever in 2019. And now, uh, you know, they shut down for three, you know, six weeks because of uh, Diamond. But, you know, they bounced back really, really well. And I think... We're right where we left off, if not even farther ahead, you know. So, uh, you know, we have a little story here. Uh, you know, I mentioned that the Invincible comic was on um, Amazon. It really got pushed by Amazon. It was very well received. And, uh, you know, apparently they've already sold 100,000 graphic novels in 2021. 100,000. Right. 100, it's a lot. Mm. Okay. Um, so, you know, there's the streaming effect. Um, yep. And then... Uh, I, so there was a story about that this came out in like Yahoo Finance or Bloomberg a few weeks ago. Um, I mean, you just mentioned Webtoon and I, you know, I just think the, I think the terrestrial comics, you know, the print based comics industry is really not, doesn't really understand quite how popular these Webtoons are. No, because the numbers are eye popping. Yeah. And now even allowing for a little bit of, um, you know, fudging there, a little, uh, you know, mm-hmm. hyperbole, but I mean, still they're huge. And, and the, and in Korea, you know, there is no print comics industry. Everybody reads the comics on their phones. And so there was a story in Bloomberg that I wrote up, uh, that Webtoon, which is owned by Naver, the Google of Korea, uh, their actual biggest competitor, and I guess it's the biggest web comic platform, which they also call Webtoon, by the way. The Webtoons is just the generic term in Korea. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called cacao. Now I don't know how you pronounce that, so I'm it's gonna say it's probably pronounced like chocolate. Okay, so cacao. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Kate. Kate is our uh, <laughs> true Asian, like, Asian pronunciation. Language, you know, I'm, I'm not an expert, but <laughs> I I know that it's not cacao by accident. Like, right. It's right. on purpose, so it's gonna be cacao. Probably. Yes, you're, you're probably right. so, if if. Listeners, if you have a better pronunciation guide for this particular app, feel free to write in. Yes, yes. So according to this 
article, uh, they want to... Now, Kakao is sort of a cross between the Facebook and the um, Activision of Korea. So, you know, they're a gaming <laughs> company, but they run, like, messaging app, like WhatsApp. They kind of run a, the biggest WhatsApp. Um, but they also have a, a web comics portal, and, and they're hoping to have an IPO and to be worth $17.8 billion here in the U.S., which, you know, all things Korean are a little bit hot right now. Uh, but they're also talking about buying other, you know, acquisitions and conquering the U.S. and the English language market. They see mm. Webtoon here and they want to be here, too. So they said, according to Bloomberg, they're planning to spend one trillion uh, won which is the K- Korean unit of currency, which is about $889 million uh, to buy assets over at home, he said. It's currently in talks to acquire management rights of U.S.-based online fiction app Radish and U.S. webtoon platform Tapas Media. So yeah. floating this rumor that they want to buy Tapas. Uh, and I'm trying to see what's this. It's webtoon sales tripled. Now, what is webtoon sales? I'm not quite sure, but sure. Uh, tripled last year to $371 million. Mm. And, uh, so there's just, you know, these comics, they just announced today that Let's Play is being developed as a, uh, you know, live action TV show. It has like 2 million viewers Mm -hmm. a month or something crazy like that. I mean, these, these are, you know, uh, even allowing for hyperbole, these are very popular platforms and very mm. popular subject matter. Mm. It's like manga. You know, I, I feel like the American comics market has come to terms with the popularity of manga, but I, I don't think they've come to terms with the popularity of webtoons yet. Well, I, I, I think I think mm. part of what people are missing on, out on this is that this has a very direct parallel, and that parallel is mobile quote-unquote casual gaming. And a yes. lot of old-school uh, gamers are like, ah, it's casual games, it doesn't count. But when you look at the sheer number of people playing these games and the hours of human time spent playing games on mobile and the amount of money brought in by games on mobile and the sheer amount of games made for mobile, it's clearly a huge market. Don't underestimate the casual fan and the nice thing about webtoons being digital native, being designed for phones, is that it is a good fit for a casual fan as well as a hardcore one because you don't need to go to a comic store. You don't even need to go hunting around. Some friend of yours links it to you or you see a tweet that has a panel from a comic you click on it you're like oh i want that you download it you read it and unlike much as i love comiXology and it is great it's not really great for phones the same way something native to phones is well you know that's the thing and i mean you know we've said that uh you know i don't think the print industry is in any danger no. I think this is all no, we're not, this no. is on top. Go on, Calvin. Well, I just want to say I, I I don't think I don't think uh um I don't think the print side is any danger. Uh I think that, that the, the digital side, the web webtoon plateau and, and we should mention here that <coughs> webtoon is a kind of a generic term, but it's also the name of a company yes. as well. Yes. Uh and it's, it's like Kleenex. Yes, yeah. Uh, and uh 
you know, Rob Salkowitz have done, has done a couple of pieces for PW about both Tapas Media and Webtoons, and I wrote something too. Um, and the, the numbers are, are just uh, unbelievable. And I should also say that um, uh, uh, at, at Tapas, uh, Michelle Wells has come on board there. They intend to uh, segue into or transition into the print market as well. Mm-hmm. So yes. they have enormous amounts of content. They have learned a certain kind of storytelling. Now they're going to see if they can translate it into a paper, uh, uh, a print storytelling format as well. So this, you know, <laughs> there's a lot more to come. Uh, on there is a lot more to come. But I, I just think, you know, I did a, a long interview with Tom Ickle, um and I asked oh, him, great. you know, mm-hmm. what do you think about – uh, you know, like DC got on webtoons. Like a lot of U.S. car comics companies are trying company are getting saying? rocket ship entertainment. So yeah. he has a company that signs up uh, web cartoonists and puts out. The, he kickstarts print editions of them. So um, I, I, but you know, he pointed out, like, you know, if you think you're going to put Batman on webtoon and tapas and it's going to get a million views, you're not. Yeah. I, no, I mean, it's not. It's no, not unless it's got some mutation that we don't know about well, it's yeah. a very manga-esque I mean, the, style play. it is very manga-esque it's light romance comedy mm-hmm. um you know young adult humor young adult slice of life stuff um you know It'd it is very very it. much but that's what's on wood. it now i mean it, there are other possibilities remember sure. comics is a a medium and not a genre. And web comics are too. But yes, yes, anything that's successful there, I think, has to be made for it. It yeah. has to be tailored yeah. to, to it. It can't just be kludging together something that's popular elsewhere and sort of shoving it on yes. webtoons. It just Correct. doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. And I, I think, but, you know, I guess the feeling that I'm getting though is like, if you look at what we just said, you know, you know, Penguin Random House owned by Bertelsmann, one of the biggest media companies in the world, German giant, uh, you know, investing, investing money in the comics market. Um, you know, giant Korean tech companies coming and claiming they're going to spend hundreds of millions of dollars to get into the U.S. market. Um, you know, uh, we have all these other stories. I, I just think that the money is flooding in right now. <laughs> uh, it, it, it absolutely is. And um, there are more kinds of uh, companies that are keeping an eye on what Webtoons um, uh, is doing. Uh, there's a company that people may have heard. I wrote about I wrote a piece about them. Uh, back in 2018, called Black Sand uh, Entertainment, and it's a it, it's basically it, it is a company, a black and African American owned company, founded by uh, two former military veterans. Uh, uh, it's a, they're a couple, Manuel Godai and Gazelle Godai. They also write many of the comics. Now they started out as a kind of a self-publishing comics, doing comics um, kind of based uh, and aimed at a, at an African American consumer market. But they are, they just, just this past weekend, they launched basically a webtoon style app called Black Sands Publishing. And it's a, it's a kind of a gamified. Now, all of these platforms have some sort of gaming aspects to unlocking content. Um, 
because it's not quite the same. I mean, you can you can sort of pay for it. Some of it's free, some of it's not. Uh, you can sort of um, you can uh, buy tokens uh, and unlock things faster, or you can wait and read them free. Um, uh, Black Sands is pretty much in that mode. They're they're free. They're they're they're, there's more to come on them, but they launched uh, this is past weekend, May 1st. Uh, I, 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 I talked with Manuel and I think they had, you know, something like 20,000 downloads. So they're just getting started. But they have an eye on creating a platform for black creators that's essentially based around the Webtoons um, mm-hmm. uh, business model and platform. Yeah. That's that's great. Well, there's a lot of smaller companies uh, that are based, uh, you know, there's 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 this, this, it's another booming, uh, you know, apps app category, I guess you could say. I mean, there's a lot of people who are trying to get these apps out there. And now, um, you know, not everyone made it because uh, <laughs> what other story we have, you know, just making an app doesn't mean you're going to be successful because another yeah. story that we covered big news last week was. That made fire yeah. is no more. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, it, it's kind of sad because really we were there at the beginning. I mean, I've written a lot of stories about oh, made fire. Oh, so have I. <laughs> so have I. We've talked about it. What did they say for about 2012? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So they were around for almost 10 years, but, um, you know, started by Ben Wollstenholm and, uh, you know, Leah Sharp, a couple of other techie investors. And, you know, they were kind of a competitor to, Comixology yeah. and Iverse and didn't, uh, it, what was that other? You know, there were so many companies around then and they're all gone. The only one that's left is Comixology. Yeah. So Iverse is sort of around a little bit, but, um, yes, Iverse. That's what I was trying to think of. Too. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the thing about my made for shutting down is apparently, you know, they raised, uh, $24 million mm-hmm. in VC money. Now, I guess over the course of nearly a decade, that doesn't go that far. But um, they certainly had funding at one point. Mm. And, uh, you know, they had big names. They had Dave Gibbons and, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, all sorts of people. And, they partnered um, with so many publishers. They did everything from app development to motion comics to um, retail. Right, right. You could, yeah, you could just go and buy your – was DC on their platform? Uh, uh, yes, yes, they had yeah. all, all those. Uh, you know, IDW. I mean, it was very interesting. They did a little bit of everything. Uh, I think they created the what the Archie app. Mm-hmm. Yes, and the IDW app. And mm-hmm. so, you know, here's the thing. It's like I guess they've been running out of money for the last little while, and yeah. uh, it was a little bit of a shock to both the Archie and IDW. Uh, you know, the apps were owned by Archie and IDW. However, the comics were pired, uh, powered by the Madefire uh, engine. So. <coughs> Pardon me. Quite suddenly, both of these apps were no longer working, and you know all the comics that you bought in them. Sayonara. <laughs> yeah. So it's, mm. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. No. I think I think Archie is offering some kind of um, um, bundle through uh, Comicsology to uh, you know compensate you know yeah. uh, subscribers through Madefire, but yeah. Yeah, um, one thing I will say, having bought things through platforms that have died, is log into your account 
right <laughs> now. Yes. yes. Because all yes. these offers or all the, whatever it is you can do to salvage your data, now is the time you can do it. Don't yes. let it go because if you wait too long, it'll just be gone. Yeah. Yeah. These apps, anything that's app-based is very, very transient. Very, very. That's another reason why paper is great. But or DRM free. DRM yes. free is also great because then you can keep the file That's all true. for yourself. Mm -hmm. But you know what's the most interesting, you guys, is that 10 years ago after the iPad came out and there was this, you know, everybody was trying to become the digital comics app. You know, there was this mm -hmm. rush between, um, you know, like I say, Comixology, Iverse. What was that one? There was another one that began with T. I can't even remember. That guy, Miha, ran it. I, I can't even remember what it was called, but there was another one. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's been so many. Made Fire, they were trying. You know, all of them, you bought the comics on the app. And, you, you know, these are withered away. Comicsology on Amazon being folded into that whole giant system. Um, whereas everybody is launching a free web comics portal, you know, a free web yeah. comics app. I mean... You know, the, 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 the one model was really a dead end. And well, the, the other well, one free stuff free was good. all around all along. Well, it's interesting because, I mean, the comics, I mean, Comixology won that last race to kind of be able to present, basically to present print comics in a digital format for sale wow. and otherwise. Th that model is one model. What we're seeing now is the growth of a whole other new way of not yep. only reading comics, yep. but creating them. These are native yep. digital mm -hmm. comics uh, designed to be read on mobile devices. And uh, they're just very different. They're not page-oriented. I mean, they are. Uh, you, you're not getting a, a page, a traditional comics page. They're, you're getting, they're panel oriented. Uh, yes, and then the yes panel they're the equivalent of a panel. You're right, Kate. Yeah, no, Kate's absolutely right. It's the equivalent of, of one panel at a time. Well, sometimes um, the way it's structured is there will be several panels that will fit on your screen at once, mm -hmm. depending. But the visual flow is vertical. Yes. With, yes. with a traditional print comic in English, the print flow is left to right, left to right, left mm -hmm. to right. Whereas uh, with the digital native web comics uh, for a webtoon type platform, the flow is vertical. Um, right. And, you know, they can sometimes bring them out in print form, you know, to keep and rearrange it a little bit. But that's not what it's for. What it's yeah. for is for that, that, that eternal scroll. Right. Just so well, that's that, what, just what Scott McCloud asked for. Told yeah, you're, Scott you're right. yeah, you're right. You're right. The infinite, the infinite canvas. Well, and, and uh, which is what's what's going to be very interesting is that uh, uh, these digital platforms, these webtoon platforms, they are now. I mean, they have really scaled up because we're really talking about millions of uh, active monthly uh, um, members and users. Uh, so now what's interesting is they turn their eye to the print marketplace, how they really convert these, this uh, other way of, of, of organizing and designing sequential uh, storytelling 
uh, for pr- it, it, to bring it into the print world because that's that because because that's they next. have to be translated. They have to be translated and. Um, you know, they have to be recut. They have to be mm-hmm. reformatted. And it's actually well, quite time, painstaking at times. It is painstaking and it is time consuming. And, you know, it, it obviously is a real art to make it look like, oh, it was supposed to be like that. Yeah. But this is not a wheel they need to reinvent. This is something they've been doing in China and Korea and to a lesser extent, Japan, um, you know, I'm sure our graphic designers can pick the trick up. Sure. Oh, yeah, totally. But I just think it's kind of interesting that, you know, Madefire was an app that was designed to take print comics and, you know, gin them up into some kind of digital bells and whistles, you know, motion and music and all this stuff. And it didn't work. Whereas, you know, the real, wait, let me, let me just finish my thought, Kate. It's like the real app has been the real transformation has been taking these infinite scroll comics and cutting them to print. Well, I think the difference between those two different things that made fire at all had mission drift. Webtoon type comics are comics. They are pictures and words. They are not little songs and little animations <laughs> and little clippies that come to life. Yeah. They are not comics. TikToks. Yeah. Exactly. They're yeah. comics. No, it's true. It's true. Yeah. And, and, and May, Mayfire was a, per, a perpetual pivot. I mean, they were pivoting every six mm-hmm. months, it seemed, to mm-hmm. add a new business yeah. um, facet to what they did Um Depending, I guess, on what the market was. I mean, it was look. It was really obvious that in this this kind of you know 49ers gold rush of the comics on iPads that they wanted to get some kind of technology that would be so beloved that Apple or Microsoft would buy it for them. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Nobody. That's just what Kate was saying. Nobody needed the bells and the whistles for comics. All you needed was good content well, all yeah. along. That well, is good content along. and a platform. That made it relatively easy to use. And while we were talking about um, various different experiments in digital comics, Heidi, Calvin, you skipped over the most awkward phase, which was the what if each issue is its own app? Clogging up screens. <gasps> oh, oh, I forgot about man. that. Yeah. About yes. Until they finally realized that no, no, we won't, don't want 47 different apps just for one <laughs> Yeah, I forgot about that. You're right. I mean, maybe I, maybe I just blocked it out because it was such a bad idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, me too. But good point. It was a phenomenally yeah. bad idea. <laughs> well, you know, we, we did skip over another story here that just, just real quick, uh, just to kind of wrap this up, though, um, is there was a story about – uh, from Overdrive, which is a digital oh, yeah. comics, um, uh, they're a, they're a platform, they're an app, they are a platform via which you can get uh, digital comics in libraries. Correct, yeah. Calvin? Yeah, right. they're a digital so they- vendor that that specializes in uh, supplying all kinds of content, including comics, to libraries. Yes, right. And they supply so they- comics, they supply ebooks, they supply right. uh, mm-hmm. audiobooks in digital all format. All kinds of content. Right. So and a significant released- number of comics. Right, so they released the numbers too. Yes, uh, well, but they have competition because there's also Hoopla and iVerse as well. Yes, that's true. Um, 
Yes. But um, anyway, they released some numbers to uh, Games Radar uh, that in the past 12 months, comic books and graphic novels were checked out over 15 million times from public libraries, which is pretty good. Uh, not bad. And then they also had the top five juvenile comics, uh, the top five young adult adult comics. Now, can you guess what was among the top five juvenile comics? Any guesses? Any guesses? Uh, I don't dare because I'm the one Dave who played Raina Telkemeyer. I mean, <laughs> what do you yeah. want me to say? Well, I was going to tell Calvin, you almost nailed it. Number one was Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Is that a comic we've seen? Oh, the Num- Number two was Big Nate by Lincoln Pierce. Oh, of course. Uh, then was Smile series by Raina. Then number four, Dog Man by Dave Pelkey. And then five was Ghosts by Raina Telkemeyer. Okay. Oh, now, you will not be able to guess the top five young adult adult comics. You really won't. Out. You're not. No, you're you not going to guess these. You're not. I, you're I've not. even forgotten about the first one, which is Long Way Down by Jason Reynolds and uh, Danica Navgorodov. Uh, Jason Reynolds, of course, is a you know YA novel. Yeah, that's a well new. Known. That's very new. But Jason yeah. Reynolds is a is a giant. Yes. In YA yes. literature. Absolutely. The number two, the life-changing manga of Tidying Up by Marie Kondo. Imagine, and Yuka I wrote a story okay. about that book when yeah. it came out. Yes. It's, it's, yeah, I read it when it came out. Um, the, number Kondo. three, The Prince and the Dressmaker by well, Jen Well, that Ryan. one well, I'm very proud of, but I have heard a lot of buzz, but I'm really proud that it, it's managed to make it. It's a delight. It's a definitely a book that people want to read. Number four is this, you know, Calvin, I don't even. It's, you know, <laughs> it's not boy, what you think of mole, as a comic. The Fox and the Horse. It's a great book. It, it's a is it, is it? Well, it's like the wimpy kid for adults because this book has sold a bajillion yeah. copies. It is so popular all the time. Number five. Umbrella Academy, yeah. Volume One by yeah. Gerard Way. Uh, you know, in my streaming story, I mentioned that the the books were out of print for a while, and everybody bought digital copies of it. So I guess they went to the library and checked it out too. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, congrats, Gerard Way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, there you go. News brief. And now the briefs. So, first off, listeners, um. You may have been feeling an itch right about now, an itch in your brain that says, hey, isn't it free comic book day yet? And the Uh answer is, well, not this year yet. Unlike last year, where free comic book day existed in basically a digital format, this year, uh, regular free comic book day is returning. However, um, in order to... Give a little more time to straightening out this whole pandemic complication. Um, it is scheduled to come back in its traditional form for its 20th year on August 14th, 2021. So come to a comic book store near you. Obviously, you can find out which comic book stores are participating once again through freecomicbookday.com. All right. So... I'm going to give you two less cheery pieces of news, but don't worry. It's going to be a sandwich. We're going to have some happy stuff at the end. Um, So Disney and by extension, Marvel has been having some uh, disputes over royalties. Let's just say that in that they are making the argument 
that they do not need to pay authors royalties for books that belong to companies that they bought. Um, and the person who brought this to public attention was the author Alan Dean Foster, who had not been paid any royalties for any of his many Star Wars novels, which were still in print and making money for Disney. Um, the science fiction and fantasy writers of America basically came together for a campaign called hashtag Disney must pay um, because Disney's putting the onus on authors to prove that they are owed money rather than just looking at what books are selling and paying those authors. Uh, so now SIFWA has been joined by the Authors Guild, the Horror Writers Association, the National Writers Union, Romance Writers America, Novelists Incorporated, and Sisters in Crime, and um, such notables as Neil Gaiman, Tess Gerritsen, Mary Robinette Kowal, and Chuck Wendig have signed on, which is particularly notable given that Chuck Wendig is a major Star Wars author in mm. the new in the new Star Wars series. This could have implications for comics that have been bought up to be, or backlist to be brought out from Marvel. Um, it'll be interesting to see where this goes. Alan Dean Foster was just the canary in the coal mine. Once he spoke mm. up, a lot of other authors came out and were like, yeah, I didn't get paid by Disney either, and I know my book is selling. Right, so, and then obviously a lot of the boom uh, you know, the Star Wars books, you know, there was it's kind of amazing. Yeah. Disney seems to be making the case that they bought the rights and not any of the obligations. Yes. And it doesn't it's work crazy. like that. That's it's crazy. That's not how anything works. <laughs> and I think yeah. they're hoping that I mean, okay, this is a cynical take, but I think Disney is hoping that since everyone didn't say you couldn't do it and they have enough lawyers, they can just make it possible. Yeah. But I honestly don't think they can, and I don't think they should. Yeah. So there will definitely be much, much more to come on this, because this has potential, you know, billions of dollars of implications over the years for publishers. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, if if Disney can do it, other publishers that have bought up publishers can do it. And it, it'll just be a whole mess. Um, so we'll see where that goes. Fun. Also fun, and by which I mean not fun at all, although <laughs> darkly funny, um, Russia's court system is threatening to ban Isekai anime and manga now you might say dear listeners if you are not um a fan of uh more current uh japanese fiction what is isekai and basically it's a new name for an old genre in which basically a character from our world wakes up in a different world and because isekai anime is made in japan where Reincar where reincarnation is a common belief, often the way that people end up in another world is they get hit by a truck, literally. Um, now, this is treated fairly lightly in said books and comics, but uh, the Russian court system is uh, taking issue with it. Apparently, mm. a St. Petersburg court district ruled 
on ongoing anime case um, where they said that they chose to put a ban on isekai anime. Well, there's specifically five that they're going after right now because they have an irresponsible depiction of reincarnation. <laughs> the court, the show's targeted include Zombieland Saga, Konosuba, That Time I Got Reincarnated as a Slime, Princess Lover, <laughs> and Nikopara. The court wants the isekai shows to be properly labeled in the light of the, the danger they pose as lawmakers believe their take on reincarnation promotes suicide. Court ruling states isekai series tell audiences that after death there can be a more full and interesting life that's full, free from the control of one's parents. <laughs> well, that's enough to make any teenager want to jump off a building. <laughs> so, yeah, that is, I have to say, that's a kind of uh, comic book censorship problem I would never have expected, but... Um, I wish you luck, anime fans in Russia, and I, I hope you can convince them that no one really thinks they're going to get hit by a truck and turned into an all-powerful slime in a fantasy <laughs> world. Not even teenagers. Not even teenagers. <laughs> All right. But don't worry. We're going to end on a lighter note, and that is, have you read Demon Slayer, a.k.a. Kimetsu no Yaiba? Well... <laughs> Maybe you should, because it's, you know, the biggest seller of last year in the movies. So you can now get volume one for free from Viz Media in a wide variety of formats. What's your e-reader? It has it. Press. And one more thing. One more thing. Keep an eye out. For DC Fandom. Oh, yeah. Yes. Experience convention because they are coming back this year with an October 16th date. So it's scheduled two weeks after New York Comic Con returns and it's live. Interesting. So we shall see. Yeah, pretty much considered one of the better, uh, you know, online uh, comics fests. Yeah, they, they really did an astonishingly good job, comparatively speaking. Um, yeah. And this and, year will uh, you know, be better. Yeah. And they'll definitely need it by then because, uh, you know, Marvel's got four movies coming out this year. So um, better promote that stuff there, Warner go. Brothers. <laughs> All right. As well, always, there will be more to come.